0: the only
1: c word i want to be called is cool kelly ben simone said you're down there i'm up here (laughs) but today i'm a little bit higher
0: (laughs) oh my god this is gonna be a shit show Mm -hmm. this is gonna be such
1: can you take me higher (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Guys, it's literally essentially three in the morning, Eastern Standard, what the fuck time. It's Andy's Girls. It's episode I truly, quite literally have no idea. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. And I just have to say at the top of this episode, well, let me introduce our guests and then we'll, we'll say some shit. Um, I don't matter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't either. So it's a party. Um, guys, you know her as one of my favorite content creators online. You know, when you think of her spiritual horoscope for her account, we like to say, she and I like to say together: if Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby, they would birth this account. And this being, welcome back to Andy's Girls. Bravo, bravo, ducking bravo. How are you? Thank you for
1: having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm so good. I'm slowly healing from BravoCon. I hope you are as well.
0: I mean, there's a lot for us to discuss. Number one, it is quite literally a little late Friday night that we're recording this. Some shit hath just gone down on social media. It hath. Which we're going to get to But first, how are you feeling post BravoCon?
1: I lost three pounds. Oh my God. Um, From walking? From steps or stress? I think both. My heart rate, like at day one, I could not get my heart rate like below 100, even just sitting on the couch. It was just so loud and like there had been the stampede and like I even took a gummy there and was like, I'm not getting up off this couch until my heart rate drops a little bit. It was just a lot. It was a lot. Wow. Yeah. I'm My used to goodness. I'm used to a very quiet, serene atmosphere. And so all of that for that long. For it was essentially like 10-hour days in there. It was long. I feel like it was more than 10. I felt like I was
0: there I just live there. And I'm a New Yorker who does not fuck with the Javits Center
1: mm-hmm. unless
0: absolutely necessary because I don't like big crowds. Me I live in New either. York City, but I can separate – I can isolate myself from that if I get stressed out. And this – there was, like, no
1: possibility of doing there was that. no possibility. Every single room I went into it was just, like, deafening. I wish I'd had earplugs just because at some point, you know, when people were all screaming. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Look i mean <laughs> i really did not think for a second when i left my house mm. that i was really going to be like one of very few people that chose to wear a mask and i just mm. keep saying to myself they were branding everything they could put a brand on what would it have hurt to have a little stack of mask at the front to like give people the option you know they had been available
0: you know what and they could have had cute ones really like a little like a little bravo reference moment yes yeah that could have been been sassy they could have actually honestly sold masks that if they were bravo related people would have bought
1: them yeah i would have that would have been so funny anyway so i think about that too like it was just a crazy experience in general it felt surreal Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways
0: And do you feel a little bit more grounded in even thinking about your experience now that a couple days have gone by? You're back home, back to life, things are happening, or are you still kind of in the cloud?
1: Um, I'm probably still in it a little bit just because it was such a whirlwind and such an unusual experience. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of it is like, did that really happen? And you'll remember something like that was because it just was stimuli every second Mm -hmm. throughout the day. But yeah, if it's just physically and mentally equally taxing, but great. I mean, I'm just not a a conference person. Like I have a lot of followers who are like, oh yeah, you know, I go to comic con and I go to crime con and that sounds amazing. Um, And to me, for some reason, when you say those two cons, Mm. I, I see a clear vision of like packed, crowded, giant conference center. Like that's what you're going there for. And for some reason, because I think, Of the intimate setting of 2019 that has been described Mm -hmm. to me over and over yeah i was envisioning that and so to go from what i had in my head to comic-con essentially was just a huge leap
0: You know, what was kind of interesting having attended 2019 is I thought that 2019 might be more like 2022, where it's kind of like warehouse style. Mm -hmm. And then we show up to 2019 and we're like, ooh, a cuddly little snuggle. Like it was just so like warm and lovely and fun and a lot of people, a lot of people, but just like a very different energy and the scale was very different but i loved it i was like obsessed with it but i did know that because it was the javits center it was just going to be at an entirely different scale and that's that's kind of
1: what occurred yeah Um, i i couldn't envision the javits center in my mind like i've planned a lot of conferences but mm -hmm. to me the javits center reminds me of like the las vegas convention center and still in my head i was picturing javits just because i didn't have any reference for it of being Mm -hmm. like large rooms that were more, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just had something different in my head. So, um, you know, knowing what I know now, like I would have planned differently, I would have done all kinds of things differently, but um, it was still a good experience.
0: Um, a question for you. You attended with SVIP Access, something that a lot of people want to know. Honestly, thinking ahead to next year yeah. is what's the best level to get bang for my buck? Like, Is it necessary to do premium, premium if that's something that is a financial option for people? What Would your recommendation be noting that you were at like the highest? So that guys, there was GA and then VIP and then SVIP. What what would your feedback be about the like premium premium tier? So
1: I mean, I think it really depends on uh, like who the person is and what they're looking for, right? Yeah. So we can just do a case by case real quick. So let's say I had one of my followers be like, you know, I just bought a ticket for one day. I just wanted to come check it out. Mm. I stood in line. For a while to see Kathy Hilton, an hour and a half, but I didn't end up seeing her. And then I went to this, and that's buying general admission for one day, which I think was like one hundred and fifty dollars. I have all the prices. Oh, okay. So, you know, if that's if that's your attitude with it, okay, fine. Because to me, general admission, you're still paying something. Of course, you didn't pay cash, but you're paying time, Mm. and that's where I made the trade. So when I looked at all three of them side by side, and it said for SVIP, like, you know, super duper fast pass, like you'll mm-hmm. never have to wait in any line, like da-da-da-da-da. And then uh, there were just a lot of things included that to me were worth the cash because it would reduce my stress and give me more time to see more of the event because really a majority of the reason that i went was curiosity but also i had posed a question to my followers when i knew the tickets were going to be going on sale and i was like yay or nay should i go to this like if everybody mm. says no like i've been to the previous one it wasn't that great fine but the majority said yes and a lot of them said yes because you know they either couldn't go for schedule reasons financial reasons family reasons whatever and i knew that i could and i was like okay so i want to see everything if i'm going I'm going to be going live and trying to get as much video to really show people what this is like. I don't want to be wasting my time standing in line for an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I did it. But, um, and I could afford to, you know, I have a full-time day job, so I decided to do it. I haven't really gone anywhere in two years. So they got me at a, that got me at a good moment.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's also one of those things. It's hard to gauge, um, a, another person's priorities without having that conversation with them, which is why I think it's it's an important kind of like reflection for people. Like, yeah. what are you um, able to afford? What kind of what kind of experience can you afford if you are seriously considering attending next year? And that's not something that any of us can necessarily know on another person's behalf, but it is helpful to know if. You, for example, had a good experience and felt like the access that you had was worth it. And, you know, I wrote a piece for the Daily Beast, which came out on Wednesday. <laughs> when did it? Uh, it was due on Tuesday. It came out on Wednesday about, which is a little bit different from the coverage, which has been fantastic coverage of BravoCon um, that had gone up during the event and in the days that followed that really focused on, this is not going to be a surprise to AGs, but really focused on the idea of like Bravo Khan as a wellness retreat in terms of self-discovery and connection and the emotion that a lot of people felt during it. And I had conversations with so many attendees and shout out to all of the attendees that i interviewed the content creators it's a you know 2000 word piece it's and unfortunately i wish i could have included everyone but believe it or not when when i'm writing 2k is not that much i'm like wait a second eight pages i just wrote the first paragraph how is that possible <laughs> um but one of the attendees who i spoke with this person named mohammed from toronto who was so lovely and very vulnerable in sharing his experiences uh, of going to BravoCon after loved ones, friends, his therapist recommended he did. He went through a lot of loss in the last two years, lost his mom in April of 2020 and had a lot of devastating moments happen and decided to come to BravoCon by himself for himself. And he actually not all of this was included in the piece, but he talked about waiting in line for Giselle and Robin. He used to watch Potomac with his mom, which is like my heart broke at that point. But he talked about waiting in line with Giselle and Robin for like four hours plus and didn't get a chance to get a photo with them.
1: Sarah, I, think, I know, I Sarah, know, Sarah, I
0: know. And guys, it's it's one of those things that you don't need me to say this, but like think of someone who's buying a general admission ticket versus VIP or SVIP. We're not factoring in necessarily the cost. He spent over 5000 Canadian yeah. dollars to buy a GA ticket with the travel. Yeah, the flight was very expensive, transportation, meals, like... To attend as a GA, he spent over 5K, which is so much money, and to miss that opportunity Uh, is tough. But just to say, he got a chance to ask an incredible question during the Potomac panel. And because he mentioned, I think during the panel that he didn't get that photo, he was able to get one with them after. Thank God. I was literally going to DM
1: them both and be like, look. No, I know. Listen, from the bottom of your Bravo loving heart, can you do something for this guy? You know, just anything, text him, send him a hello. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, it's like one of those things when you hear that there were people that waited in line for five hours for for photo lines that were they weren't able to get a photo and also people who waited in lines for Bravo Labs who either didn't show up or left very early. And you have we have no you know, like no photo is guaranteed, obviously. Uh, And some of these people are getting it's not their decision. They're getting corralled in a 100 different directions. The schedules are insane. Um, By and far, I heard nothing but positive stories about the bajillion Bravo Lebs in attendance and how um, uh, passionate they were about saying thank you to fans and everything else. But that's got to be tough. Imagine if you got a one-day ticket and it was your goal to meet Giselle and Robin. He
1: got, I think it was a three-day, but like, imagine if he had only been there that one day. Yeah. And I had to say real quick, like you and I have both done events. That makes Mm -hmm. me so mad for the fact that there was not a process in place. You know how many people can feasibly go through within the X amount of minutes that that Bravo BravoLub has, cut the line after 75 people, cut the line after 50 people, whatever it is. And let people go do something else because I keep hearing that over and over. Like, oh, I waited this amount of time to see, you know, Phaedra. Which again, if they don't show up, mm. bit of a different situation. But the fact Even that, if,
0: but you might have waited for two hours for that person not to show up, which sucks.
1: Yeah, you know, you know. But when you're going in to see Kathy Hilton or Dorinda, her line was mm. huge. Kathy Hilton okay. and Dorinda probably had the longest lines, and the line is back like it was back like past the food court. To get to see Dorenda, there's no way all those people got in. Like somebody at some point has to just as has to Cut just behind. be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I only work here. I'm not a manager. But let's be real. Half of this line can go do something else.
0: It is one of those moments because we've both worked in an event production where, like, the first day I was outside. The first day I'm like, where are all the directionals? Like, there was no they was bad. They're, it's like when you scale up, you really need. Yeah, they I mean, technically they did exist, but there just needed to be, I think, more of everything. But also it's growing pains. Sometimes these things happen. And something that I talked about, I think, on the last AG um, was the fact that Bravo doesn't have an events team. So the people who were. Uh, managing that event, we're doing that on top of their full time plus work. I mean, they have to be commended, but also, fuck, man! Like NBC Universal needs to, if they want to keep doing this, which I'm sure they do, and I bet it's a motherfucking cash cow for them. You
1: know they made money, and I have a lot to say about that. But Sarah, to me, that's like awful. To have thrown that on. And I know they're like all these like smart, capable pro- fleet of like, you know, young professionals. Yeah, this is anything about them. Yeah, no, they're, they did a great job. The fact yeah. that they pulled that off, if they're not all standing in line asking for a raise this week, like for real, they need to be like, I just did the job of 10 people. And I know that they did because we have planned events. And for me, for an event of that caliber, you're planning like a year ahead. And you I have a, a dedicated plus, team. You have a dedicated yeah. team who were all working on different facets like one does collateral one does what you know what i mean like the the fact that they did that on top of everything else and they were probably huffing it behind the scenes running Mm -hmm. actually not i mean it's to me it's wild i think there should absolutely be an events team and i think they could have made a lot of a lot of very easy improvements from what i saw so i well who knows it'll probably get better
0: I mean, I hope that they're listening, and I think it was also just one of those things. You know, it's a, it's we say 2019 versus 2022, but it's like, okay, guys, three years went by during that time, including a global pandemic. Like there, are a lot that a lot of things happened that can affect uh, the process of producing an event, Absolutely. let alone what happens day of. Um, but it was also tough. Although I have to say, one of my favorite moments from BravoCon, which I wrote about in the piece which I didn't see in person because I only did Chris Manzo's photo line because I am a tastemaker.
1: You are. I mean that car wash. I'm still waiting. (laughs)
0: i hello hashtag ham game i'm mm-hmm. a vegetarian of 20 plus years i would throw and pigs are my number one favorite animal by far i would throw some fucking ham if it was directly toward chris manzo's heart if i secured mm. christopher manzo as a result of throwing ham i'm gonna throw that fucking ham all right i'm a th- kosher for love is I like what it. i would say to that i like it um but one of my favorite moments is a moment that bravo posted on on tiktok that sort of went quasi-viral or at least something that I saw a lot of content creators wanting to discuss, which was someone going up to Kenya at a photo line, Shirley, and you know it was like boom, 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 and he went over to her while they were talking and he just very quietly said, you make me so happy when I'm sad. And the way that that hit her, Mm -hmm. the absolute emotion on her face, it was like, A ton of bricks filled with love. I mean, to hear from someone, it was so simple and pure, like the way that he even said it. It was just like staccato emotion, like boom, boom, this is exactly how I feel. And, um... And they have a moment. She gets very emotional. They hug. They say something else to each other, which I don't know because we couldn't hear. But it that was kind of, to me, the the um, the best part of BravoCon, yeah. um, the idea that there could be a chance to say thanks, say thanks to these people who've brought us so much joy for over a decade plus.
1: Yeah. And honestly, that was one of the more interesting parts about it because there are so many people on Bravo, who unfortunately, you know, we know that they're not the best people ever. They're caught up in legal things or we mm-hmm. know how they've behaved to other human beings in their vicinity for the past, you know, X amount of years. But when you see them in person and they're out there and they're smiling and they're dressed nicely and they've made an effort and they've all flown there, there is just a certain amount of love that you have for that. Um, thank you for being here even if mm-hmm. you know I think the way you treat these other women or whatever it is is trash um, that they're they're at work they're doing their job and so to me like I would never in a million years you know be like rude to one of them even if mm-hmm. you know if I'm in their vicinity because it, watching their dynamic with somebody else on the show it's it's it you definitely feel that human connection of like that would be absolutely horrible of you <laughs> to be mean to this mm-hmm. person for something that you know you're a spectator of and they're here because they're acknowledging that you're a spectator of that. So it's, it's an interesting thing to see them in person.
0: Uh, that's such a good point. Listen, speaking of rude, I'd love to be it. So um, there is something I want to chit ch- chat with you about. Um, but before I do, I want to shout out um, Dylan Hafer, my Bravo bestie. I was on his pod this week talking about Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills. So check out that episode of Mention It All, uh, which is done by my pal, Dill, who's the creator of Bravo
1: by Betches. He's um, great. i have never met him before, Bravo Conan. he's so he's lovely oh my
0: god he's the best mm-hmm. he is the best so fun he's like
1: truly the best yeah
0: and um also uh the ag patreon has a round of questions that were submitted all about about all things BravoCon and some other stuff mm-hmm. um on, uh, in a special like Bravo Q, BravoCon Q and a episode. So you guys can go to the AG Patreon to hear more of that, getting into the specifics of what you guys wanted um, me to discuss. Um, so that's patreon.com slash Andy's girls. And listen, we're going to get real deep on the next AG into Potomac. We're going to get real deep in the next AG into Salt Lake city. Um, but there's some stuff that happened tonight on social. That is to me applicable with the B H reunion part two that mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on. And before we get started, um, just a reminder that A G is rated explicit, so we might be using the word cunt. But we... since <laughs> the, just dropped it. Just just <laughs> since the cast of Beverly Hills has no problem with it, um, we may unfortunately also trigger warning use the word e. V I L V I L. We, we don't want to we don't want to say that out loud because it's so powerful and so damaging. Watch your mouth. Um, but anyway, see you next Tuesday is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, a note that we're rated explicit for a reason. Already dropped the c word, and I do want to just say that what we are about to discuss um may be triggering to anyone um hearing about uh sexual assault and um. Uh, other forms of physical trauma. So I just want to caution you about that to uh, skip ahead um, if that is something that is triggering to you. And obviously, self-care is number one. Um, But speaking of cunts, uh, tonight on (laughs) social media, Lisa Rinna decided to post a lovely little Instagram story dragging Kathy, but also Paris for um horrifying uh vile um abuse that paris suffered at um was it the provo center apologies yeah in provo utah um an experience that I, i honestly would recommend you watch paris's youtube docuseries and also paris in love she gets into to more specifics about the trauma and abuse that she suffered uh, as a child. But Lisa Rinna decided to post a whole fucking shit ton of stories after Kathy and um, America's friend of Faye Resnick gave a little interview to TMZ this afternoon, which
1: I didn't think it was that bad. Did you think Kathy said anything that awful? She just said, I'm not coming back up. These two bullies are on the show. These mean girl click. That's not, that's not worthy of what Rinna has done. It's this weird false
0: parallel of the idea that saying the word cunt is completely fine, but calling someone evil and apparently a bully is the worst thing you can do on earth, which is, to me, honestly, in my humble opinion, absolutely psychotic and so manipulative because we all know that they don't actually mean that because of the way they treated Brandy Glanville. It's... Dumb, but um, so Rina decided to reference trauma that Paris uh experienced and survived. To be honest, um, by sharing, I guess, a meme or something that someone else had created that Lisa Rina 100% cosigns, um, and has kept up for several hours. You can see it on my uh, Instagram. So it's this person whose handle I'm not going to reference, saying Kathy Talisa, colon, you're the biggest bully in Hollywood. Me to Kathy, colon, you're the mother that had her daughter kidnapped in the middle of the night, which led to her being abused, raped, and you never apologized to her when she confronted you about it with a gif of Phaedra Parks, a wild choice when talking about really complicated topics in light of her last season and that reunion cycle on Atlanta. Um, but anyway, she posted that and kept it up with the very clear message being Kathy Hilton should be shamed yeah. for her child's abuse and trauma, including physical and sexual assault, which by the way happened to Paris when she was a child.
1: Yeah, and what I find very interesting is that Rin is essentially saying, you can't call me a bully because this. So she's saying, I can't, how dare you? you? You can't even, you don't even have the right to call me a bully for my behavior. You don't even have a right to critique it because of this family trauma you experienced. Your child experience, really. After screaming and yelling, don't talk about my family, you're reaching a new octave. Smashing glasses, making Garcelle do a complete second, re- you know, a reprint of her book for something that was already on the show. Like, this is wild. Like, bravo, like, come on, guys.
0: It really makes a person think, maybe, or just, I guess, do some sort of sardonic self loathing style LOL at the idea that we just witnessed Lisa Rinna. Not, I mean, who are we kidding? It's not like she actually took responsibility for social media, but at least get a little bit more descriptive about the fact that she has no filter or impulse control while at the same time attempting to drag Garcelle for quite simply talking about something we had all seen on the show. The equivalency of you're coming for my child was of great import. Import was of great importance to Renna when she could weaponize it against Garcelle. And here she is on social media, the queen of LOLing at impulse control, referencing incredibly triggering, harmful, upsetting trauma that happened to a then, I believe, sixteen-year-old child. In order to fuck with that child's mom. Mm -hmm. And you just have to think, like, is there the possibility to go more low? Like, is this as low as a person can go when using a child's trauma to upset their mom?
1: I mean, I feel like everything you just said pretty much also applies to the Garcelle situation. Where Jax was attacked and, you know, viewers watching were blamed for that initially. But we all saw what it was, was them, mm. again, trying to get her to leave the show. Like, how do you get someone to do that? Like, You go for the things that are most important in life. The things that a TV show shouldn't threaten. So I, it's, it's pretty disgusting, especially for someone who demands... Not just insists on or asks for, but like demands that she and her family be considered in one way and then does that. I mean, is it possible she didn't see any birds today and that was what was
0: most upsetting to her? Like maybe she didn't see a seagull or a pigeon and she thought, well, I guess that gives me permission to fuck with someone else's mom since mine is no longer here.
1: I mean, I feel like Lois would not be one involved in this narrative. (laughs) Like poor Lois.
0: Yeah, and yet Rinna continues to involve her. Exactly. Like she's been dragged right into the worst stuff. It's giving a little, you know, I left my lipstick on the urn hashtag by Ashy because I just don't know what else there is to say here for someone who has experienced one of the most upsetting things for most people to go through, not everybody, but for most people to go through, including Mm -hmm. most obviously Rinna, the death of a parent, which can shake the very foundation of a person's humanity. And yet here she is actively trying to take away the humanity of someone who is quite literally a survivor of physical, sexual, emotional abuse and trauma to fuck with their mom. Like, Mm -hmm. when is... Enough, enough. This is ridiculous, harmful, bitchy, shitty behavior for a woman who seems to be, for some of us, hanging on by a fucking thread. For sure. Who also, by the way, and i this hasn't been fact checked, there hasn't been an, a statement who would be left to write it, that Rinna and her publicist parted ways this week. Oh, yeah, that dude. Well, I don't know if, if her press representative, um, Jill Fritzo, I don't know if it is true that Jill and, and Rinna parted ways, but it is interesting that Jill also, to my knowledge, represents Paris. So when we're thinking of this woman who is entirely unhinged, now referencing Paris as well as Kathy to get to Kathy... As someone who is represented by Paris's own PR person, it just is layered in a way that I think
1: is like a little bit evil. Mm-hmm. No, it truly is. It truly is. And I mean, just for Rena to to do that and keep using, you know, the death of her mother and, like you said, causing horrible pain for someone else's mother and daughter relationship and sure do fans say awful terrible things especially i think that was probably pulled from twitter the answer is yes like it gets real some of it can get really un pc inappropriate below the line all of that but guess what i think very few people would have ever seen that she chose to show it to millions and millions and millions of people And it's like she's saying it so if you're retweeting something if you're reposting something it's saying like yes i'm about this life now for us bravo content creators not always because we're sharing whatever's happening Mm -hmm. but when it's your personal account if you're sharing something if you're posting something you feel that way you're into it you like it 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 represents you reflects your thoughts and feelings
0: Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years, with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations. So you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves, and always at the best value unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad Is it enough to simply
1: say you don't have
0: impulse control? And no, leave it there? this is
1: bullshit. And I'm so sick and tired of it. I can't even tell you. And the fact that they, you know, she says, I have a lack of impulse control and da 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 And they all just giggle about it. Um, there's no accountability ever for that entire clique. You know, like she lied about the sauce to make Garcelle grovel, you know, and they all ganged up on Garcelle at the table. And until she started crying in that other episode, they just kept going for her. And so it's, it really is extremely toxic to me. And I don't, for a while there, I thought like Renan was playing a character, Mm. but she takes it so far that it just kind of reminds me of a child, you know, repeatedly Mm -hmm. of, they just will push sometimes and, and do go way farther than they should. And you realize, well, their little brain is developing. Like they're just, they're testing their boundaries, but she's like that all the time. So I don't know and then you know remember do you remember when she and harry said that like i would pull out my philosophy book from yale and we watch the episodes back together and we analyze everybody is that just me who went to yale i thought harry did he said he or oh maybe it was God. his yale handbook of psychology okay maybe he
0: was passing through honestly maybe he was like driving through connecticut he went on a walk he got lost he was there he
1: bought a book listen (laughs) somewhere in my gray matter that exists and i'm gonna find it (laughs) um but the point was even if that first part was a joke for them like swastikas are a joke they went on to say we analyze everybody after every episode psychologically and so how is she why does she make these choices
0: I mean, I guess they just skip over her. There's a level of analysis here that she thinks is either funny or unimportant while she works to analyze other people. It's something Kathy referenced in this video, which seemed to really trigger Rinna.
1: That was such a good interview.
0: It was like a two or three minute like woman on the street style kind of thing where Kathy talks about the fact that like if Rinna truly thought she was having an episode, why didn't she call anyone close to Kathy? If she's saying you need to get help and she's terrified in the moment, why didn't she call Kathy's husband, Rick? Why didn't she call... Kyle, yeah. Like, why didn't she get in touch with anybody mm-hmm. in Kathy's circle? She didn't. She texted Erica Jane. Yep.
1: Because it wasn't anything. It was just a sister fight. And I had a couple of followers say that to me, um, so I know that that's a common thought. Which is like, if you really think you're watching somebody have a psychotic break, like, and she puts up with so much, you know, she's always such a caretaker with Erica. And she's watching Kathy Hilton, who she's known for X amount of decades, have an actual break. She never texts Kyle. Not one time. She never says, help, come, come back to the house and help me with your sister. Nothing. She doesn't try Rick. The
0: reason that I'm focusing on this so much right now is because it feels like a microcosm of what we saw during the reunion itself. The idea that there is a divide here and also something that I guess is going to be like, stuffed into part three when they cover 900 yeah. different actually important topics yeah. in 44 minutes plus commercials, which is the idea of Kathy and Kyle's relationship and incredibly unhealthy dynamic. And I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if I was Kyle seeing this tonight and seeing what Rina is saying about my sister but also my niece, I, I think this is one of those things that you can't come back from. If you can, I, I don't know that you should. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean in terms of casting for next season. I'm, I'm meaning in terms of like helping protect your family. I don't yeah. think that Kyle is only responsible for that. And Kathy is not when it comes to things said about about Kyle. But we're talking about her niece
1: here now the only reason that i'd ever even seen kyle's face before the first season of beverly hills is because i remember her being interviewed Mm -hmm. on the news Mm -hmm. when there was a lot of paris stuff happening and she would always be on like i'm paris's aunt that's all i remember and i remember thinking like wow they look similar but in a different way like she's a pretty lady you know that was the end of my thought process and then she showed up on beverly hills years later so And she has said repeatedly that she is so close to Paris and Nikki, Paris and Nikki, Paris and Nikki. So for this to happen tonight, if she doesn't have a strong reaction to this, the way she really just seemed to let Rena go after Kathy, just mess with her all day long, say whatever she wanted to say, she didn't speak up in her defense. I would be shocked if this isn't a hard line in the sand for Kyle, because she has always ridden so hard for Paris and Nikki.
0: And it's one of those situations where it's like, listen, there should be some conversation around, and there has been during this season, around the upset that Kyle endured and felt because of what Kathy was saying and because, according to Kyle... This happens a lot off camera. It was the first time, and I mean, technically this also happened off camera, but it was the first time her behavior was being discussed in the way that it was because according to Kyle, similar instances have happened before. And Kyle might, you know, I don't know how Kyle feels at this point about the – um seemingly vast majority of the audience that's supportive of Kathy. I don't know if I was Kyle, how I would digest that in light of what she said about me allegedly. But I do think that like there is someone to blame here. Obviously Kathy is responsible or should be held responsible and accountable for her behavior and LOL with us like even finding out what actually occurred. But the chaos is not from Kathy, mm-hmm. who on camera directly apologized and said she fucked up. All of this is really, to me, from Rina. It is. So if you're upset that people seem to be, like, really yelling their support for Kathy about actions that were seemingly very harmful to you, the person to be mad at, to me, is
1: Lisa mm-hmm. in this. Absolutely. And she's kept it alive and now this has been what the season has been about and they built it up one day until aspen three days until aspen like it became the crux of this season you know despite lots of other things going on and so i think rena definitely got got her way a lot with this season like she built up this kathy thing based on nothing she just like out of thin air out of thin air like oh it was the worst thing i've ever seen that And obviously, Kathy probably said some terrible things about Kyle. I Mm -hmm. Shrug, big shrug. I don't care. It was two sisters fighting. Like, she had been picked at. I feel like I totally get if Kathy snapped, right? So it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's kind of brilliant for her to see Kathy upset and irritable. And then she says, I'll take you home. Right? And it's just the two of them. And the cameras have shut down for the night because the cameras can't get into the club. Andy said, well, we weren't allowed in the club, which has happened all the time. Like whenever they go on vacations or whatever it is they do, at some point, the cameras shut off and then they get to go enjoy their lives. That's not weird or conspiracy theory or unusual. It happens. And um, so it's just really interesting. Like Rinna's a pro. She's been on this show for a really long time. So if anybody's going to know when the dead hours are, you know, it's Rinna.
0: And the wild thing here is I do believe that something sure. intense happened. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe it. Do I think that Rinna has really like, is she like chewing the scenery of this taking place 100%? I also think that Rinna is her biggest enemy. And in many ways that has benefited us as an audience. I mean, I was literally just on, mention it all with Dill talking about the idea that like Rinna is still necessary for storyline like it's a very complicated situation because some of us feel so much animus toward her behavior most especially on social media and then this stuff happens and I'm like Is this just a precursor of what next season will be like, especially if Kathy isn't participating? Is this just going to be the the round-the-clock victory tour?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They've taken it too far. I mean, Beverly Hills, I think, is definitely their own worst enemy. We'll see when Garcelle finally tells us who did the bots whenever that is supposed to happen. But it's gone to such horrible places this season, you know, that. As much as you enjoy Rena being, you know, a villain on the show, because she's good TV, it's like, it kind of is like watching a wrestling game. Like, you know that she is going to be terrible and start crap in every scene. And so you can rely on that. That's like a pillar, right? Mm-hmm. And other things can be built around it. You can change some characters out and you can, whatever. I think what's getting too static is this this tag team with her and Erica, and things are being manipulated and warped and the gaslighting. And it's just not fun anymore. Like, it's got to be, there's got to be some kind of traction, something to hold it down. And there's nothing like that anymore. It's just all bullshit floating in the air, you know? What
0: do you think about the idea that there could be a split that takes place where it really and truly is Renna and Erica on an island and maybe Kyle and Dorit, splitting off from that do you think that's realistic do you think that could actually happen would happen I mean might happen
1: for one episode we kind of saw Kyle switch teams when she was very upset that nobody came to chemo Sabi which one of my followers said followers said why didn't they name this episode chemo Sobbing and she
0: missed opportunity
1: yeah 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 they totally missed that anyway so we saw her kind of buddy up to like sutton and the others when she was mm-hmm. feeling like those girls just weren't coming to her hat thing and she was crying about it and screaming i don't care or whatever erica was going through um and it was okay but it wasn't enough because you know dorit somebody said to me in dm earlier <laughs> i love chatting so much with them all day someone said to me in dm earlier they were like dorit is a shell of who she used to be
0: and it's
1: so true it's like she she escalated like if we were doing a, a chart it's like the glam went up upper right corner but the you know she used to be like telling lisa vanderpump off and fighting with erica and just really being super honest with people and now it seems like she's just toeing the line you know like they tap each other and they give each other looks and she's just like authenticity straight down you know
0: How much of that do you potentially attribute to Dorit trying to, like, find a space that she might think is safe in terms of, like, um, keeping her role on the show versus the fact that she's going through and just endured at the beginning of the season? A, an incredibly violent act and has been diagnosed with ptsd and some of this could just be her trying to survive shooting sure i could see that
1: if it was just only one season but she's been falling mm. in line for the past like two three seasons oh, there we go it okay, has not been that same to reach she has not like stood her ground remember she used to fight with kyle all the time she used yeah. to be like that's bullshit kyle she'd just be like enough not none of that out of you but really, she just sort of is like, no, 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 it's okay. You just cursed a child out, but it's not a big deal. No, no, it's kind of funny. It's not my child. Like, what? Who are you? Do you have, what are we doing? What game are we playing? Because I don't like it. The
0: explanations and confusion that the cast seemed to have, especially around the bot attack and also the way that Kyle treated Sutton, the way that she was physical with Ooh, her. Oh, that was so bad. It seemed to be so surprising to them, to Kyle, who laughed it off, Mm -hmm. which was such a bad look. I don't understand the level to which they don't understand a conversation that a lot of people are having, uh, most obviously without their consent. I mean, geez.
1: Yeah. And what I thought was interesting, too, is after the episode aired, Kyle put out a statement in her stories and it was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I drank a lot and my behavior was terrible and blah, blah, blah. And then on the show last night, she didn't say, they didn't reference her being pretty sauced at all. She did. She did? Okay, good. She
0: talked, maybe on the first episode, she did talk okay. about she was like overserved. she overserved herself. herself, <laughs> okay. essentially. Yeah, that she was like drunk AF. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then, you know, she's like, oh, I'm rough with everybody. Mm. I'm like, no, but you know, you really, in your stories online, like, we all call the spade a spade together. And those are the moments where you're like, okay. They're saying they messed up. They realize they messed up. I still do think that she sees Sutton differently, she treats her differently. She's just she can know she can push her around like literally and figuratively, and so they there's a like a skewed power dynamic there. I think coming from Kyle when it comes to Sutton. Well, I think that's such a good point, and I think it's she she looks at Sutton either
0: as a vessel or a mirror I can't really tell which like there is a way that she acts toward her almost like as an extension of herself not to say that she would treat herself as poorly as she treats Sutton but like there's a weird ownership that happens in times of explosiveness like we're all focused on the bruise thing which we now understand was not something that looked like a bruise from Kyle that appeared on sun that apparently had been there the whole time, like whatever that was, but she was physical with her that in a way that was completely inappropriate. And yet Kyle is laughing about it, which to me is so disrespectful. And she also referenced, I forget who else it was in the cast. I think she said Garcelle, but it could have been someone else where she was like, I'm just like touchy with people. You know, I even touch so-and-so in the cast and they've said to me, ooh, like maybe not. And I'm thinking to myself, Kyle, what's taking place here is that you are crossing someone's boundary Absolutely. and they're telling you don't do that. And yet you're pretending this is a joke. I don't care. There's like the idea here that it's when it's friendship between women. Yeah. It's okay to cross these lines. And it's actually completely unacceptable.
1: Yeah. That was really, really hard. We've seen Sutton go through some pretty terrible things this season. I don't – I mean, God. Sutton and Garcelle, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. They're, they're, uh, you know, the things that they have had to endure. But for Sutton to be, you know, physically berated that night – Uh, then you know get what she got from diana horrifying stuff and kyle not only saying to her like yeah you know you could have had your miscarriages whatever yeah i don't know anything about that and then shaking her while she does it she was so rough that if i saw like a parent being that rough with their kid i'd be like hey can i help like you know do you need anything like it's rough it was too rough for me um and then grabbing another grown woman who's supposedly your friend so again great that she acknowledged it through her instagram stories but the way she talked about it at the actual reunion which i'm trying to remember which came first chicken or the egg like did her instagram story go up before reunion had been filmed or was oh 100 yeah 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 well before well before so was it footage not aired like did it ever get there did it d you know declined back into that horrible spot? I don't know, but see, that's all we got. All we got to see was Kyle belittling it last night, which was awful.
0: Yeah, it gets into this idea of like, why aren't these women considered whole enough for you? Why aren't they completed, complete women, complete people mm-hmm. who have feelings that should be respected? It, it feels like some of these people people in the Fox Force consider Sutton and, and potentially Garcelle to be like malleable objects that can be molded according to how they feel about that other person's reaction and behavior. And it's like, no, this person is giving you their opinion and their feelings. And to be honest, that is enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, to me, it's like, they see themselves as the OGs. And they see themselves as, you know, indisposable. And the others are just there for them to have fun with, to toy around, bat around with like a little ball yarn. And they're too secure. They're too confident. Look how well that turned out for New York. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's it. That's exactly the same mentality that they had. They were just cocky, close minded, rude. The new people didn't matter. At all. Their feelings, their storylines, whatever it was. They were just there as yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And listen, save space. Kyle's been in my top five for 150 years. Yes,
1: yes. We know. But
0: I'm gonna tell you, nothing get got my fire started quite as good as Crystal sort of destroying Kyle on part two, which I was incredibly here
1: for. I was gave me life very into it. I felt a a swift burst of energy. It was great. Yeah. It's like
0: Teddy is speaking through Kyle, which is why it's going so bad. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should, I don't know. It's like hashtag sister act. Like this is the thing that this is like, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting different plot, but a little bit you're, you're trying to use some stuff that, teddy mentioned or you think that teddy feels about her former friend crystal and it's not playing well no which is exactly what i would expect from
1: someone super close to teddy Mellencamp. yep kyle's messing up but she really is to use the millennial word against kyle triggered by crystal she really is yeah it's like crystal for some reason Kyle does not think is mature enough even though she's a grown woman with her own family. Kyle is just treats her like a child. Well, to
0: me it's not just that she's immature in Kyle's eyes, it's that according to Kyle and Doreet, Crystal is conniving. Oh. Which is the extra layer there That's right. that if yeah. I was Crystal, I would be losing my fucking mind at Kyle explaining to me what racism is. And also, by the way, in the <laughs> the use of the word clean mm-hmm. by talking about microaggressions involving Garcelle versus Crystal is very revealing about Kyle to use the idea of something needing to be, for lack of a better term, black or white with no gray, Mm -hmm. that gray is objectionable. Gray has a strategy here to manipulate and um, a strategy almost of design. Gray means something I don't understand, which means the person telling me that is bad. And that to me was like, I got a little bit of spiritual shivers in hearing Kyle say that, because to me, it said it was, to use Kyle's language herself, it was a very clean shot, but it didn't land as Kyle intended. To me, it landed directly back to herself. Mm.
1: Mm. She really is. A lot of the Five are their own worst enemy. Like, they perceive enemies all around them, and so they act terribly, and they want to be the first to lash out. But in reality... They really cause their own destruction. Kyle this season, Erica this season, same thing. You can't unring that bell. We all heard you go off and have your, you know, breakdown. I, I don't know why Rena didn't call that what it was. And then Rena too, like they're all just sort of imploding. And then Dorit is in a place of, I think, stasis where she just sort mm. of kind of try to keep the ball going down the field. And again, she went through her own situation this year, but she is not throwing a flag at any behavior really at all. Um, but at least unlike last season, remember last season she kept going for Garcelle? Mm. At least she hasn't done that. So slight, slight uptick.
0: It is a wild experience to watch, I guess, the Fox Force double down and have such a lack of awareness of what they're doing. But they're not the only ones with that lack. Um because the seemingly funny moments involving the reveal that Rina was the one who threw the book in the trash and not Erica, Mm -hmm. and the continued conversation around trash and recycling. Like, I know that many of these women are quite literally garbage, but so too is the idea that you're joking about this stuff as we watch Garcelle just try to get through it intact. Yeah. That was, uh, I think, very upsetting for a lot of people and myself to see because Garcelle was obviously upset not only by the actual behavior, but by the discussion of it, which was using her story and experience as a punchline, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make anybody, Andy included, look particularly good
1: no and i mean man this could be a separate podcast but you know we love andy he's done so much for the bravo community but if it's something he doesn't connect with he doesn't care it doesn't seem like for a lot of things and he gravitates usually towards like the snarky funny moment in the room over you know a more difficult one And so I think in some ways he's kind of enamored by Rinna and Erica. it seems that way. And I hope, I tell myself that he did not turn and see how visibly upset Garcelle was. I need to go back and watch again and see if he ever did look and see that she was sitting there with that look on her face because it's so obvious, or if he was just completely engaged with Erica. Either way, it was horrible. But I just can't remember if he ever scanned and looked and saw. Um,
0: I mean, I watched the episode two plus times, like the absolute sociopath that I am. I don't think he did, but I... uh, Amen. Very normal. Very normal. Very cool. Um, I don't think he did. I also... Really don't, it's entirely possible that she gave a response that was edited out because it, it didn't serve the editor's purpose mm. of the storyline of the actual reunion itself. We also have the benefit of seeing her which he may not have had in that moment, literally talking and turning your face. And who hasn't been through that before? I mean, I I, I know I have where it's like I'm getting the temperature in the room entirely wrong, but it doesn't mean that the impact of this
1: is any less. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I really do like, if, if there's anything to take away from that moment, because I'm not sure if Andy was at all aware that his fun mean girl banter was having the horrible effect it was having and that's not funny to everybody in the room the people who were sitting across from her and could easily see her face erica and rinna kept going with it yeah they don't seem to um care
0: even a little bit about gorsell's perspective and voice in a way that is like maddening to watch play out yeah because it's not just a matter of like who's getting the most airtime in this like I would love to know whose storyline gets the most minutes but it's like watching them do a additional damage to someone who's already experienced too much and then positioning it as a joke I I I literally do not care about throwing the book away except to say I care about how Garcelle felt and to focus so much on that noting there was also a huge focus which I got into on mention at all but like and I was very sassy in what I said but there is something particularly fucked in the way that Rena expressed shock and concern and surprise at stories that Garcelle shared in the book, including potentially nearly being sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby and not being able to, because of her level of like inward selfishness and whatever else, not being able to process that it is that story she's saying, oh, it gave me shivers. I have chills, whatever else you're, you know, like, thank God you got out and you're knowing your intuition at 18 years old not connecting the dots to the fact that she literally threw that story in the trash. Mm-hmm. She discarded it and is now making fun of it, mm-hmm. noting the stories that were included and also noting that many of those stories Garcelle had never shared before. So to have your colleague and coworker make fun of it privately and then have seemingly the entirety of the Fox Force laugh about it snicker about it in Garcelle's words which we didn't focus anywhere near enough time on not at all having them laugh about throwing this away in a thread Erica repurposing it having it used on social media over and over and over again and then the resulting focus in the reunion isn't how Garcelle felt but the fact that it was someone else who threw it in the trash like sure that is a reveal but I don't think it's
1: what Andy or production intended. But, and yet, asterisk, and yet, that's what they chose to show us. They didn't switch the conversation back over to, and Garcelle, how was that for you? And then show us that. They showed us it being about Rena. And I, again, this is where I think it comes into play of like, these women know how this show works now. They could have told us right then in that moment, the week that it was all going. All over the place that he he it wasn't actually erica it was me that did it but they didn't they held that because that's yet another way to keep the conversation about them so it's to me i'm we're, we're really watching people manipulate not only like storylines but they know how the show works and they're just like stringing things along and keeping this like you know, Renna's like Lucy, Lucy Apple Juice. Or just like every conversation, she's like redirecting, you know, back to her, her loss, her trauma, her don't talk about her family. Like, it was actually me that took the picture. Why are we talking about you? It was Garcelle, her smiling face on a cover of a book that she's so proud of about her life. Like, imagine if it was a cover of a book that you wrote about your life and you're smiling on the cover and it says your name and everybody's laughing and you're looking at your face in the trash. And they're all just laughing like that to me, like I'm looking at a book that somebody else wrote so it doesn't hit. But if I imagine myself, it's it's easier to get into her shoes and see like how absolutely horrible and then like degrading and awful that is. It's such a point of pride for you, this thing you created. And there it is in the trash.
0: It's like this. These women, it's like their their group morality had a multiple choice and they all chose all of the above. Mm hmm in the ways that they are <laughs> behaving so disrespectfully to Garcelle, whose cue level has to be above heaven itself mm-hmm. at this point because of the way that she is adored and respected and appreciated by the fan base, noting it's the exact opposite in the cast. I just can't get over if I was Garcelle. And who knows who told her that and who knows what was actually said to her if not each other. The idea that like I'm going to have I need to I want to fucking talk to Kyle and Erica about the ways that they defended Diana and didn't defend me or Jax at the single most important moment. I probably want to talk to Sutton about the fact that she didn't stand up for me noting that Sutton has said that repeatedly yeah. um that she, that was her biggest regret not using her voice at those moments. Um, And has apologized to Garcelle publicly in front of us and surely privately as well. But if I was Garcelle, it's like, am I even going to have these conversations with Kyle and Eric and everybody else? Like, what is the point of that? Except to say that for the purposes of the narrative and the storyline, I am doing this to and for the audience at a certain point. Pretty much. If I knew that these women as a group were laughing about throwing my book in the fucking trash, I would, I I don't, I think I would turn off at a certain point. Like, how am I supposed to pretend to care about friendship in a friend circle, which is the way that we describe the cast when these women are like quite
1: literal enemies (laughs) to me at this point? That's it. They don't, they don't want to be friends. No, they don't. And that honestly, also very well, I think, sums up what we're talking about here. Normally, you know, other, if you just imagine, plug in any other franchise, there's, there's a rift and there's some issues, but they're so funny when they're friends together, right? So you want to see them rebuild the bridge and there were good times. For this, there were never any good times. Like they've always been team A against team B. And so what are we fighting for here <laughs> like it's really just one group of women that is actively rejecting and attacking consistently another group of women and some of the women are terrible so it's really hard even though they've been around longer it's really hard to be like yeah i want them to still stay even if they've given us things in the past even if i'd love to see you know what bringing kim and kathy and having them tag team against her i'd love to see what that looks like but it's like not even worth it anymore it's not even worth it anymore it's like gone too far it's gotten too dark it's too overproduced it's too absolutely fake it's why you love potomac it's why you love atlanta because they would never be this surface they would never let each other get away with this kind of behavior but for some reason beverly hills has this like just protective shield over it where people are not held to task
0: I mean, to me, I know you haven't watched the latest Potomac yet, but to me, it's why this: the most recent Potomac was so important because at the end, which you might have seen on social, at the end of the episode, Giselle is saying some stuff to Candace about Chris from a moment that had happened months prior or whenever the reunion was held about the fact that she felt uncomfortable while having a private conversation with Chris because she was alone in a room with him. And it occurs to Candace what she believes is happening, which is the fact that Giselle, regardless of how Giselle felt in that moment, she saved the conversation with Candace for months until it was in front of cameras. And yeah. Candace essentially burns it down at that point. Hell she, yeah,
1: as she should. Which
0: was a fucking ball. This oh God, is going to be. I can't wait to see it. Uh, oh my God. It's like, it is, it was such a baller move That's on great. Candace's part to be like, where, where i'm not doing this yeah i hear like she tries to get the information she understands what she believes is happening she fucking gets up she looks at the camera which (gasps) is like the best worst thing that you can do the thing that nobody wants you to do that we all want you to do hell yeah break
1: it break the wall
0: fucking burn that wall to the motherfucking ground She goes out of like the the little thing she I think walks into a bathroom or something. I forget what happens. And she's looking for Eric. She's looking for the executive producer and is saying, we're not doing this. And there is something so powerful and freeing in a woman taking the space in time in the moment and saying, we're not doing this. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about what happened with Giselle and what's taking place, she is saying this is not the line you're going to cross. And also, essentially, were you aware of this? hmm which ties into me with a lot of stuff happening on Salt Lake with Lisa Barlow and that scene in the bathroom last yes. season. And it connects a lot to what we're not seeing happen in Beverly Hills, which is a cast member looking dead onto the camera and saying, This is too much. Mm-hmm. And. I think, yeah. you know, we all know how I my experiences with Candace, and whatever else I am extremely here for a redemption season for Candace and to watch Candace take up space in this way. Yeah. I think it's very powerful and it's also fucking
1: wonderful narrative storytelling. Yeah, that's awesome. I cannot wait to see that. I really can't. That's amazing. And that's a thing too. It's like, I, I wonder sometimes if some of these housewives acquiesce to things that they shouldn't, it's like, feel free to stand your ground, be who you are. We're watching the show because we want to see you and, and your authentic reactions. Like don't turn into some puppet. Then you don't have anything to offer us anymore. So well, I, I hope it sets an example for other people.
0: I think that's the problem, though, on Beverly Hills is everyone is expecting Garcelle and Crystal and Sutton to just take it. Yeah. Like there, And that is the environment that seems to exist in Beverly Hills for the last many seasons, which is the idea that the Fox Force is going to fuck with you and the way to, I don't know, continue your job or whatever else. Like, sure, push back. But also because there's so much coming at you at a certain point, you have to take it, which is why Crystal saying to Kyle in that moment, go fuck yourself was so fucking powerful Mm because it's like great. You're not friends. You both seem to hate each other. Wonderful. Let's talk about it. Like, let's not pretend that the goal as as has existed for so long is being friends with this person. Mm -hmm. It's no
1: longer possible. Let's discuss. Yeah. It just hasn't. (sighs) Look, Beverly Hills gets good ratings and everything. That's because there's a lot of unprecedented things at play. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at what it is though, like I remember a meme before all of Erica Jane's legal stuff hit, I had mm-hmm. made a meme and it was one of my first memes. It was Alicia Silverstone like crying. And it was like, you know, when you realize the like your favorite housewife, one of your favorite housewives doesn't actually give you much. You know. Ooh. And it was about Erica Jane that I had made. Cause you just realize, like, yeah, there she's great, but like we really don't get a ton from her. That was right before the Girardi stuff hit. Oh my god so it's not like you know there were some amazing like glory things happening and i think now it's turned into like how do we keep it from focusing on that too much so they're trying to get us to talk about other things create drama elsewhere Mm -hmm. and maintain their their circle and ren is probably lobbying for more of her friends to join the show but that would be a huge mistake in my opinion
0: like, Lisa Rinna needs anybody else on her side. She's got herself, and that seems far too much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I do, though, have a final question for you before we wrap, which was, like, your reaction to
1: this whole fucking evil versus cunt. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. waste of time. It's just time we can't get back. It's just stupid foolishness. I mean, we could have – Andy could have pushed on a couple of different things that he just sort of let slide. Like, I remember at the last reunion after last season – He really let Erica give sort of a non-answer and would just move on. And so his questions, Mm. I remember making a TikTok where it was nothing but his amazing hardcore go for the real meat of the issues questions, Mm. boom, 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 boom. And then we actually got to watch it and they weren't really, because it it depends on what you get back too. Like you can ask a a pointed question, but if you're satisfied with a really non-answer, then that was sort of a waste. So for some reason, Beverly Hills gets away with that every year.
0: I mean, listen, I've been trying really hard to stay away from sneak peeks because it really takes all the air out of the balloon of the actual episodes. And if you're doing sneak peeks that are like, several minute long clips from the reunion yeah. and those are the ones chosen by the network those are going to be among the hottest topics so it's like what am I actually going to be watching that's new information mm-hmm. at, to a certain point but then you being on social media it's hard to avoid it if your volume is on and so I did see a little bit of um a scene <laughs> Ryan Bailey is te- oh my god texting about Runa this is never gonna end and I am here for it um but, you know, there's a scene, I guess, for from part three, the, the part of the reunion that includes an awful lot, mm-hmm. um, where Andy is asking questions about Erica to Erica about the diamond earrings. And her response, I'm completely going to fuck up the line. And she can said do it, it over and over again. But her response is something along the lines of, like, it's on appeal. It's yeah. under review. And he's asking her a million different ways. So you're asking for the earrings back. And she's not even agreeing to that she's using language obviously either offered or suggested by her attorneys or yeah. that she has overheard and decided is the only thing she can say mm-hmm. and it is a wild experience. I want him to be made whole I mean <laughs> it is a wild experience to see Andy try to connect to and with her noting that she's giving him nothing and yep. she's like sort of lying through her ass because mm-hmm. she knows what he's asking, he knows what he's asking, and she's never going to give him the answer.
1: Never, never. Which, by the way, now when I think about something that Renna said, the only voice that I hear say it is Ryan Bailey's Renna. Oh my god, I am obsessed
0: with Ryan Bailey.
1: <laughs> His Renna, and you know, I just got to meet him for the first time in person, and I didn't, I Same. didn't even get to ask him to do the Lisa Renna for me. What a
0: missed opportunity that we I had. Know. Also, shout out to Ryan Bailey. We had a really exciting little event planned. Um, that did not pan out, but we're hoping to do an- another one together because he is a delight, I have to say. Oh, and you guys
1: should absolutely do something. I yeah. know.
0: I want to. I'm hopeful that we can, that we can figure something out, but he's also an OG of like shitting on Rinna in a I way know. that I am not. I don't think I am.
1: I think he was. He was. See, what made me feel better when I was really starting to go over the like, this lady is awful. She's driving me crazy, was listening to his podcast and he went so hard for, I remember I was like doing yard work <laughs> or something and I, had, and I was like, holy shit shit like I sat up like a prairie dog I was like god he just went really hard on her." and I was like that made me feel a little bit better because I haven't really been liking her either <laughs> but he does it such he's so funny about it he's so funny about it we did I think as a community have what is it still ongoing
0: rage stroke about that Instagram story which is why I think the timing of this ended up being incredibly um I think helpful to have a conversation about what's happening with that TMZ video, how it influences Rina's meltdown and just awful, horrifying, incredibly triggering behavior on social media and the implication of it when it comes to what we're watching on the reunion and what we're expecting to see next week, because surely there is some idea in Rina's mind that this is going to help her. It's certainly yeah. influencing a lot of us, but maybe not in the way that she intended or maybe exactly how she intended, which is still going to be discussed because I I do think in a season in which horrifying boundaries were crossed, including ones directly dealing with health and safety, there seemed to be a neutralization that Diana was trying to make at the beginning of the episode that the cast, and in some ways the narrative of the reunion agreed with this idea that what happened to Jax is happening to
1: everyone. No, no.
0: And the reality is no one should be receiving death threats. No one should be receiving threatening messages, regardless of if they're directly connected to a death threat. But these are also grown adults whose like brains have formed or decayed with time and a lack of morality and common sense. But like they are adults who have families to protect and um you know, lives to continue to live who certainly do not deserve to receive the kind of vitriol that seemingly everyone has received at least one point in time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But also Jax is a child. He is a then 14, just turned 15 this week uh, teenager who is black, who was, who received a racist death threat. And the way that these women are skirting over the racism in order to get to the end, both putting themselves and their families at the same level of trauma that Jax and Garcelle and, and Jax's brothers and, and you know, his dad, what everyone has uh, endured from this and saying not only are Garcelle and Jax directly responsible for protecting the rest of the cast, but that this happens more than once is like vile it's also um upsetting because I I don't know at a certain point it's like what's the capacity of these women to understand these things that seem so understandable for everybody else and it's like I don't know but what I am sure of is the responsibility unfortunately is going to be on Garcelle to explain it which is An additional level of trauma.
1: Yeah, this is I was going to say this is twice now. Remember, Garcelle sat Kyle down at a nice lunch and was very nice and explained to her, like, look, you say that about me in front of the group. You wait, you wait, you hold that in your pocket and you throw that in my face at a reunion. It hits me doubly. And I'll tell you why. She was so patient about that and then for her to she had didn't to feel like it, she had a choice yeah that's true she really didn't and then she that she kyle's not going to be reading any books cracking any any you know uh leather bound books on on this topic anytime soon so then this season at the reunion she's got to try to do it again she's got to try to like say okay let me put my pain on the shelf for a second here and i gotta explain why i gotta explain why one more time to these women and it really is just to me a capacity to have empathy because they seem incapable of putting themselves in her in her shoes and her perspective and they're just so they're myopic with their view on life and i don't know if you can fix that i really don't know if you can and sure somebody will argue like oh well, that's what makes you a great housewife because you're an asshole and you don't even know that you're an asshole like okay all right but They're going so far. They're going into areas that are not fun to watch, that are not great, and they should be able to close that gap. But nobody is helping them, including Bravo. It doesn't seem.
0: Well, there's also a manipulation of empathy to to serve specific purposes. There's the way that Diana is saying, don't you care about our families? Don't you care about my family? Instead of, what is the conversation that we are supposed to be having here? Like, why does caring about families have to come at the cost of um, criticizing and holding Jackson Garcelle responsible for responding to things in a way that Diana herself did not? Diana did not respond or acknowledge what happened to Jack nope. for over 24 hours yep. while someone was deleting comments from people asking her to speak out. Mm-hmm. And now the expectation and the empathy and the gratitude and thanks is supposed to be sent Diana's way because she is implying that she is going to be the one to take care of it. And Diana's use of the word privilege to me <laughs> was- That was amazing. Very interesting for someone who does not understand white privilege to say that she has financial privilege, which she's doing in a
1: very complicated way. So complicated. And I mean, call me, somebody call me if somebody actually gets to pay out.
0: It's not to me just that. It is to me, there is a sense of a microaggressive attitude Mm. here by telling Garcelle that Diana is going to take care of it because Diana can provide. Yeah. It's something she said on social previously, and it drives me fucking insane that nobody in the cast publicly or privately seemed to call her out when she posted on social media accusing Garcelle of not being thankful enough yes. for Diana's financial contribute contributions to Haiti. Uh-huh, that's right. Which is very fucked. To say to a black woman who's already dealing with you, uh, aggressing her on social media, refusing to let it go, like talk about the mouse, it's team rat over here, Mm -hmm. and then saying that she should be thanking me for things I have done essentially to her people, Mm -hmm. which is a very complicated and uh, unfortunate, shall I say, conversation to have and the way it is fantastic that diana is using her resources to find out what's happening especially because there were many 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 comments made during this bot attack that uh, that defended and protected diana and kyle and rinna and dorit i think a little i've honestly forgotten at this point i've blocked it out um So it is a good thing that Diana is using her resources, but the way that she is describing it and communicating it is problematic. And the way that I even have to be very cautious and cognizant of what I say because she is using her legal team To act in a punitive manner if she feels like people aren't saying things in support of her behavior, which creates a very complicated dynamic on a podcast like Andy's Girls, which is about talking about the psychology behind these women's behaviors. And if I feel like I am going to be attacked by someone who doesn't like the fact that I don't like her behavior on TV in a way that is using her financial privilege and resources and power to try to silence people. I am one podcaster of many. Imagine how it feels like being Garcelle. What's going to happen if Garcelle says, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I also have my own shit going on. Or thank you, I appreciate it. But why are you calling me a terrible, vile person repeatedly on social media? When are we going to have that conversation? If you're trying to protect me... And also defend your name and your honor, which I completely understand. Why don't you start by changing your behavior on social media in the posts that we can all publicly see? But we can't really have that conversation because Diana doesn't want to have it. She's also not interested in content creators having it, which creates an environment that's very uncomfortable and rare where we have content creators being sent cease and desist letters because someone doesn't like what they're hearing, which is to me... A different conversation from defamation when you're attacking comedy podcasts, yes. like SUP. But like that's on Diana and her legal team to understand. It's unfortunate that an article that I wrote in The Daily Beast was referenced in her legal documents, but I'm glad that someone's reading. I hope they learn something mm-hmm. from it. Uh, you know, like, great that you got to get the hyperlink, mazel tov. It's just, it's a very unfortunate situation that compounds very problematic frustrating narratives and behaviors that we're seeing on Beverly Hills. And I'm glad you guys, Potomac is killing it. Salt Lake. I have so many thoughts on Whitney and Heather. You could not, you could not contain them in a nine hour app, which we will get into the next hour. But I do also think that before we close the door on Beverly Hills, which thank fucking God is going to happen next week, regardless of what Lisa Rinna continues to say online, I think it's important to have this conversation because there's a lot of stuff to discuss when it comes to trying to understand or at least connect with or explain or unpack the behavior that we're seeing on Beverly Hills. A lot of it is not good, but I think spending the time now before we all take a fucking Beverly Hills nap, I think is is appropriate to do and hopefully you find it worthwhile to yeah. listen to. Like I, I hate spending 900 hours on BH, especially in the last couple weeks because it makes my skin crawl to a certain extent. It makes me very uncomfortable. But I also think there's an opportunity for us to have conversations that are important to have.
1: Yeah, and let me say really quick too, please. This is I'm so sorry. This is nine hours long. I wish that we could send. Maybe we should all unify and send a message to Bravo that like Uh it needs to be part of the contract that your cast cannot threaten the Bravo sphere for talking about the shows and the care and the people on them. That's what we do. How is that not part of it? Because. I think a lot of us have gotten cease and desist letters for talking about people cast on Bravo and the chaos and the, the families and everything that they push on us. We're allowed to have opinions about it. We're allowed to talk about them and look into them and wonder what is room, whatever. And like, who we, that's what going on the show is. If you don't want people to look at your life and dissect it in ways that you don't want to happen, don't take the paycheck to go on the show.
0: Yeah, um, it's a great point. I would love to counter with the idea that maybe the network would start by adding an asterisk to the statement that they put out um, about what happened to Jax, which they single-handedly placed on the shoulders of fans. True, that they was talked sad. talked about toxic fans. That was so when, sad. Yeah, it was pretty sad. It was also um, a little bit of an LOL. Um, it was. It was dumb. And so, you know, like, are they going to add that into the contract? I don't know, but I would like to know what happens with Rina's social because Kelly Dodd said publicly that she was fined, I think, fifteen thousand dollars as a consequence of her behavior on social media. I think she actually said she wasn't directly told exactly why she was being fined, except that she had like broke broken the contract in some way. Is
1: Rina getting penalized financially for Great this? Great question. Great question because she's attacking she's attacking her colleagues and I thought that they like they had a certain criteria for that like you could I I feel like there's something there I've heard something before where they don't want you going over certain lines against your own cast members.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to talk to the person who's writing the morality code in the contract because mm-hmm. so much of this is the thing that people don't want to hear but so much of housewives is built sometimes around immoral behavior. Mm-hmm. Um but there is a line obviously it's a line that can be crossed and can be crossed repeatedly. Um, Kelly deservedly. So I think Kelly herself said she deserved to be fined. Uh, don't hold me to that though. Um, there is a line that Rinna crossed has crossed on social media repeatedly. And I do think tonight was especially appalling. I, I, um, uh, I can't imagine because uh, you know that these people are going to see stuff, especially because so much is happening with BH and because it's Rinna. And I just can't imagine genuinely being Paris and seeing that and thinking like, oh, okay. So I went public with my experiences being um, deeply traumatized and abused. Mm-hmm. And because my mom is on a TV show, that's become a joke. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a joke to Rinna. Yeah. But the way that she's using it is so um, instinctively
1: awful and morally, uh, it's like gutter level stuff. Horrible. And on a serious issue and something that will probably be a serious issue for their family, you know, forever. Something that they they can't unring a bell of what happened. It, it happened. And it's, it's something that's so... It, it's... It's, it's the same kind of horribleness as, as Kyle saying, you know, you might have, you might have had your miscarriages. I don't know. It's just there are lines that you don't cross. And every single time with Beverly Hills, they're making it extremely difficult and disgusting to watch. And it's why I have to take a gummy to even talk about it with you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like the difference between defamation and a mirror. Like the some of this legal stuff is like associated to the idea of defamation in specific incidences, which is so outside what AG focuses on and what I have any interest in. I'm really – I am not like as a – related to being a podcaster and content creator, the rumor mill when it comes to like really weird stuff is I'm so disinterested in having those conversations. I have to tell you like AG starts with curiosity first and I have no curiosity in that kind of vibe. But some of this, man, if we're going to talk about saying real dark things about people. We got to start with some of these people in the cast because it's what, what Rena posted tonight was very dark and problematic. And if Bravo isn't going to do anything about it, if Kyle isn't going to do anything about it, if her cast isn't going to do anything about it, then some of us are going to continue to talk because, um, while, you know, some of these people are looking for attention attention must be paid when
1: topics are this important, you know? Yeah. You got to call it out right away and loudly. And I wondered to myself too, they laughed and they really brushed off Rena's social media. You know, somebody made a meme and I'm sorry that I can't remember who did it, but it was like, you know, Andy telling Candace that her social Mm. media was problematic and he had a very stern look on his face. And of course it could have been a clip out of context, but the point was he was really harsh with her about it serious i should say serious with her about it with rena it was kind of a joke because she makes it a joke and he picks up on that and then before you know it we're all just joking and then the next day this is what she does so it you know it puts power to it like it it, it empowered her to i think do what she did she saw that like oh haha this is just who i am every season i'm a work in progress
0: I mean, you could argue at a certain to a certain extent that it's not the network's business what these women do in talking about the show, but they've made it theirs for select housewives. So it's the conversation around why are you holding certain people accountable it's the idea of starting the Potomac reunion by talking about how violence won't be tolerated when season one of New Jersey featured a fucking table flip it's like we don't the way that we view these things and the way that we discuss these things and the way that we discount poor behavior from certain cast members but not others the way we heighten responsibility in some moments and completely disavow ourselves from either knowledge of some or laughing it off is complicated it's i think the nuance here is um it's unfortunate that it exists but i think it's important to discuss and to talk about our our own experiences uh, and our own perspectives i think that's important and um, and it's going the convo will continue i mean there's something beneficial in, in focusing this today's 900 hour app i'm so sorry on bh because um, because there's there's stuff to say and if members of the cast aren't going to say it well then maybe ag is the
1: place you know yeah I, I'm glad a lot of people are talking about it I, I hope more I mean I only just saw it before I joined so we'll check but I hope a lot of people are really throwing a flag <sighs> yeah
0: uh Lisa Renna, man what a piece of shit what a piece um, of shit Listen, you're fantastic. Tell the AGs where they can follow you. Anything that you're like gonna be listen, gummy queen, gotta get me in on that. I need to get me some vegan, gluten free. I know refined sugar is like nearly impossible.
1: Cypress what Cypress Hemp at Cypress Hemp. Okay. Is their Instagram. They have a code Thanks15 for 15% off your first order. Ooh. Um that's their code. I'm not a paid sponsor or anything fancy like that. I'm just obsessed with them. I have tried many different kinds. Mm. They're amazing. No, nothing compares. Have you
0: ever tried Vena, uh, Tamara Judge's company? But hers isn't THC. Curious. Hers is CBD.
1: Oh. I need the hard stuff.
0: Wait, what's the difference? Not to be a dum dum. Okay,
1: not at all. So CBD uh, does not have any psychotropic psychedelic uh, properties to it. So it's just a relaxant. You'll feel like soothed, oh. relaxing, but you won't feel mentally. I've you know I'm on something. <laughs> You're in Pluto. Um, <laughs> But when you take the THC, which I take is Delta 9, okay? Delta mm. 8 is synthetic. Don't worry about that right now. Delta 9, <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that. T- because, oh and God. so what I take, listen, go to cypressamp.com Go to okay. the Delta 9 dropdown. Shop Delta 9. And then you're going to see two <laughs> kinds. You're going to see purple mixed berry. And then you're going to see a pink one, like strawberry. Ooh. Strawberry is <gasps> 10 milligrams purple one it's a bit much first time I ever ever took a gummy I took a whole 10 milligram one because I was like one gummy Um, and I took a 10 milligram it was wild anyway then there's a five milligram I'm on half of a five milligram right now feels like I had three glasses of wine
0: (laughs) you're not gonna remember anything from this episode probably not
1: just another day in my life probably not (laughs) tell me how it went
0: um well, tell the AGs what you got cooking aside from
1: gummy pot. I you know. I I was looking into the Naomi Olindo uh, case oh. today, so I posted a lot about that in my stories. So it's up there. I'll save it to a highlight, but um, you'll see. It's uh. I hope Naomi is going to file something that says that everything she's being accused of is hogwash. Uh, but the woman seems to have receipts that she was a a co-partner of the clothing line LeBay and then was told that she was not and was fired abruptly so it'll be interesting to watch Uh it play out well I
0: love your deep dives because you always get into the nuance and I truly do love when you read you guys have to watch Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo's recaps because you do always say that you've like had a gummy and had a moment and it's so funny to watch you're just so fucking funny but insightful at the same time which is a rare quality to have both you it's, know because the show great.
1: takes me to really dark places and the gummy mm. brings me back up and so the whole back time up. it's just like me seeing these very dark depressing issues but then the gummy's like come on back up it's great <laughs> okay i'm gonna talk to some of my doctors about maybe i, I wish would. Those
0: thoughts and feels on the gummy world but um but we'll see. And did you say that your Cypress, whatever the fuck, is vegan? Is it vegan?
1: I think it is because it's just it, okay. all it is is the it's hemp stock. You're eating like a hemp. I don't, you're eating a marijuana plant. It's grown in the earth. That sounds so unappetizing
0: to me. I don't think I. I think I'm too like tightly. Well, I guess I. That would be the population that could really help with this. Listen, I, I thought I, been I was, in was New York too. for too long. I've not been doing this know. forever.
1: I started doing this like six months ago. I was like at a tipping point. I was like my stress. And then my husband was like, I think the store down the way has something called Delta 9. I was like, get in the car. It's been great. We need to get you some sponsored content from
0: from Big Gummy. Yeah, right. I'm a
1: huge proponent.
0: If you guys work for, if anybody works for Big Gummy in any uh formulation shall oh, we say please slide into bravo bravo ducking bravos dms you can maybe send me one but i just don't know that i'm ever gonna try it to be honest Sarah. I get nervous i get nervous i have had really bad reactions to like medicine stuff and also basic moments in life that i don't know that my body is is willing to fly no. high but one one day maybe one day ask ask your doctor See. I'ma ask. i am ask my little bibba team uh, over here in New York. Um, guys, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. You can see that piece of shit Instagram story that Lisa Renna posted today that we discussed, and uh, so much more at Dame Galley on IG. Andy's girls Patreon, number one way to support the pod, keep these conversations going. Patreon.com slash andy's You get bonus episodes and also are keeping me in this seat. Uh, here at AGHQ, truly. I can't thank the AGs enough for being Patreon supporters, and um, thanks to all of you for listening, for listening to these conversations, being here with us, sitting in discomfort when you disagree, and just hopefully enjoying the ride as much as you can during discussions and conversations that do get intense about topics that are meaningful and difficult i'm incredibly appreciative to the ag audience and the ags who i met at BravoCon. the ones who i unfortunately did not you know it, it it takes a village over here at andy's girls and um so much is led by each of you and i just you know want to thank you for being a part of this and for allowing these conversations to continue so that I can talk to incredible guests like the one I am looking at now who is so (laughs) I know that's always (laughs) whenever someone's like I'm like please continue nope you're not done yet do I look cute add that into the conversation when you're talking about my (laughs) intelligence um who is so incredible and so um intelligent and insightful. These are the people who I love to connect with on Andy's Girls and in real life. Shout out BravoCon. Um, And so I'm so thankful for you coming on. I'm so sorry that we ran a little bit long, even though we were talking about one, a
1: single show on the air of three Housewives franchises. Can you imagine? I mean, it's an ideal Friday night in the Bravo sphere. What are you talking about? That was great better than a club it's midnight o'clock over here um one day I will sleep again
0: is what I keep telling myself but in the meantime guys thanks to all of you for listening hang in there what a week and more conversations to come the next AG will 1000% deep dive Potomac and Salt Lake City and God forbid uh talk a little bit about Beverly Hills but in the meantime hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat with you soon bye-bye